Okie dokie, folks, and welcome to this edition of Monday Night Shaw. This is a very special uh, episode of the show, to be honest with you. Uh, lots of you folks may not know uh, the, the man uh, to my... Uh, well, he's, he's... To the he's right to of To my it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of weird, because, like, this is my left hand, and so you would be to my left here, but, yeah, yeah it's just... Uh, Stage left. Uh, left. I, I don't know. Right. Anyway, uh, um, you Next were very year. much the uh, the first ever like international uh, 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 guest on this show. To be honest with you, I've had uh, people on the sh- on Monday Night Shaw from the as far away as the United States, but never anyone from uh, all the way across the pond, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Tim Strange, all the way from uh, the UK. Uh, hey, everybody. How are you, Tim? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm living the dream. Just sitting in the house watching some old wrestling and waiting, waiting to jump on here with you and have a chat. It's 9 yeah. p.m. here, so it's a bit of a time zone, yeah. but we finally managed to get there in the end and organize a time that works. So yeah, we've been trying to set this up for a while, and like I don't even know how we really like came onto each other's radar or anything because, like, I, I yeah, I have no idea. I. I I think you just offered one day to come on the show, and I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it. That's the way it happens. (laughs) That's the way crazy (laughs) things happen. I mean, I've spoken to you now for about two, three years, I think, on on Facebook and things like that, but I don't really know how I came about. Yeah, I think I just, I think I seen the goose because I keep up to date with all the wrestling back home in Canada and stuff. And I seen the goose character. I thought it's quite cool. I like the goose. (laughs) Well, I, I appreciate that, but let's let's talk well, about that. Let's talk about your start because, like you just mentioned, back home. So you're not actually uh, from the the uh, UK there. No, you, no, you just live there now. Yeah, well, I, I was from Carbonair, Newfoundland, uh, out around Maritimes, and then I grad. I, I lived all my life in Carbonair and obsessed with pro wrestling, as most of us are. And then I moved out with my my dad. Obviously, there was no work in Newfoundland. Story of story of the life. And my dad ended up getting a job out in Calgary. So we then moved out to Calgary uh, about when I was about 18, 19. And then uh, that's where all my family is now in Calgary. I'll be back there probably in 2024. I'm looking to move back. So it's, uh, yeah, so that's how I ended up in Calgary. So I would say back home is in Canada because I've got my back home is in Newfoundland where it's home, home. And then I've got Calgary where my family is. So that's home as well. Yes. Uh, so where did your, uh, where did like uh, wrestling come into this? Like at what, what stage did you uh, enter into wrestling? Was that, did you, did you train in well, Newfoundland or Calgary or? No, well, or I, 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 I trained in the UK. Most of my training, all my training is probably the, the old British style, the UK training. Okay. Uh, I did a I did amateur wrestling in high school and as a lot of people do. Uh then I moved to Calgary. I was only in Calgary for about three years. Uh I, I met Bruce Hart at the, the Bret Hart uh signing. So I used to go to the Stampede Wrestling with my dad and stuff. And then I okay. met Bruce and he said, Oh, we'll come along with the dungeon and see what it's like if you want to train or whatever. He says, You're a big guy, come out and see what you think. And we went out and we've seen it, and I was thinking about like obviously going to the dungeon, but then I met a girl who's from the UK, and then obviously love took over, and I ended up moving to the UK. And I thought I never really, 
I always think what it could have been, but then I always think, well, you know, it's it's one of those things that things happen for a reason. Well, so you know, moved you over two here. options. You could have made all those fun memories you made with that girl, or you could have made all these fun memories where you went down to the dungeon and got stretched by Bruce Drew Stewart. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was the first. It was the first of uh, many failed relationships, so it's uh, it wasn't really a great payoff for me in the end with oh. her. But it's it's all good. I mean, I came over here and then. Obviously, I, I still wanted to do wrestling, so I looked for a, a wrestling school around here. There was one about a, a two-hour bus journey away, so I signed up to that, and I used to go every week to the train. I used to get the bus for two hours. Uh, every get up day? In the morning. Every, it was about three days a week. We used oh, to wow. go and train, so bus there and bus back. And yeah. it was just sort of like we'd go. We didn't have a ring or anything like that, so it was just like gym mats on a floor in an old church hall. Who's, who is like training that. you? Well, it was a, a guy called uh, Tony Spitfire who wrestles for All Star Wrestling over here, and uh, a guy who's called Iceman, which is like a hardcore uh, wrestler over here in the UK. He travels all over doing like the death matches and stuff now. Okay, but he's like a European hardcore icon type thing. Was this like so, a like a reputable school? Like a, it, it just yeah, sounds I mean, weird it's, that there's it's no ring. I'd be well, like, they did have a ring. They did have a ring, and it was set up, but we couldn't get into it until we had a grasp of the basics. So it was ran gotcha. by all fully insured and everything. We had that, but we learned bump and everything and all that sort of stuff on the gym mats. Oh, and boy. then when we when we learned how to bump properly and stuff like that, we then moved into the. Uh, but I think a lot of it was to try to test people to see yeah who would come back the next week and who would stick it out and who would because you do get a lot of people who would just rock up and think i want to be a wrestler yeah and like they would not want to put the effort in or not want to turn up the train in half the time and just turn up now and again and take a bump and not like it so sit out for the rest of the training then as soon as show day came they were like hey can i get on the show and i know you haven't trained so i think a lot of it was to try to push us but then eventually we got in the ring and uh, obviously, learn how to do everything in, in the ring as you would. And that's about it, really. So it's not really anything. I then did a lot of training with people on the road, but mostly what I learned was when I was touring. So I toured with a lot of like the people from WAW, like the Rookie Knights, the Soraya Knights, uh, you know what I mean, these guys, Zach okay. Knight. So I toured with them a lot in Scotland and then did a bit of work for them down in Norwich. And yeah, then I also they have like, like these uh, wrestling camps or something where you yeah they they've got the the camps down in Norwich so you go down for a weekend and obviously anybody who's wanting to to get involved in any British wrestling if you ever want to come over here and do a bit I'd, I'd highly recommend the camp with Ricky they've got a great setup down there they've got a big they've got their own venue now so it's the whole venue set up with the ring and the bar and everything like that so they pretty much got a hall where they run shows every weekend if they wanted to every oh, day nice. if they needed to but they still do a lot of the camp work and stuff like that so anybody who can get on the camps over here the camps are like you're doing five six shows a week do you know what i mean all the time so it's 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 good to get on that and you quickly learn when you're in when you're in like scotland you're learning from people like drew mcdonald and and people like that and it's a lot of the, the old british style legends and stuff that you'd be on tour with learning and like we once watched a match with with drew mcdonald saying he he went out and the whole match was just pretty much a brawl that led and, and everyone were on their feet for a scoop slam. You know what I mean? He told everybody who just watched this match and I'll show you 
how to work the crowd and how to get the crowd going. And he just went out and did a whole masterpiece. And you're sitting there. And I was about three, four years in here at this point. I'm watching this and it's in awe of watching this guy go out and have the fans by just doing the the most basic of stuff, but just building that big scoop slam. It was like it was like WrestleMania three when Hogan slammed Andre and everybody went, Wow, he slammed him, that's amazing. But it's just like it's it's amazing style to do when everyone's going out and doing 17 brain busters and six German suplexes and looking for yeah. the best way to drop someone on their head and then finishing the match with a roll up and he just built up the main event and did, uh, did a scoop slam. And I was like, yeah, I'm done, boys. Let's go to the bar. And I was like, well, let's go. Good yeah. night. Good night. But I, there, I, oh. no, I, I definitely have some appreciation for that for sure. I, like, like, as somebody that pretty much doesn't. Like I, I mean, I can do a Hurricane Rana, but it it's not impressive, <laughs> you know. And I like I've never done a Canadian Destroyer or anything, so I, I pretty much like I I've always considered my job to go out there and get the crowd going, you know. Well, that's it. I mean, it's I think that everybody needs to play up to their to their strengths on a show. Like when we were doing shows here in the northeast of England, we were we were on a lot of time with Park, uh, and obviously. His high flying is is amazing. So you look at someone and go, oh, well, I can do a good top rope splash. I'm 6'6", 300 pounds. I can do a top rope splash. Yeah, it looks great. But it's not going to look anything compared to what Pac's going to do in two matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he goes out and he jumps off, he hangs off the roof for 10 minutes and then does about 70 flips and then lands on his feet. People are going to look at you and go, oh, you did a splash. So a yeah. big part of my, when I first started, was I was very good at like the comedy wrestling. If I was the bad guy, I was made to look the dick. Do you know what I mean? If you were the good guy, you made the bad guy look a dick. And it was the comedy style of wrestling, which is probably what brought me to the Goose character because it's very much the loving being out there, loving being part of it type thing. And that was what what a lot of I did when I first started because I just thought that I can do that. You know what I mean? I can go out and I can be the clown. I can be made the fool. I can go out as a serious... And he used to do the whole Canadian gimmick with the flag and everything like that and go out and talk about how Canada's better than the UK and all this sort of stuff. And then, you know what I mean? You, you showed up, people make you look a tit and you go, oh, no, I can't believe I made you look a tit. But really, they're loving it. And the fact is, you're loving it because you're getting the reaction you need to get from the crowd, which is which is what it's about. But I think too many people go out and try to do the top match of the night. Yeah. And they go yeah. and they try to be like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do 17 these and they're trying to get all their shit in and they, they shit all over storytelling and they shit all over psychology yeah. of any match and they just go out and do do whatever they want to do to try to get over and you're going that doesn't make any sense what you're doing yeah it's impressive it looks impressive and don't get me wrong the athleticism that goes into it great but is it is it uh is it a story that a kid of seven year old or three year old or four year old who's coming out of the show with his dad because his dad wants to show him a pro wrestling show? Is he going to understand that when he's used to watching the WWE product or the AEW product now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff there. Like, I grew up with the Bret Hart, you know what I mean? Bret Hart, uh, Diesel, Survivor Series matches, you know what I mean? The, the Bret Hart Owen, WrestleMania 10. That's the stuff I grew up on. That That's what I look like is, is, is storytelling. And that's pro wrestling, you know what I mean? To me, it's very much the build-up to the end, not, like, do 15 moves, and then all yeah. of a sudden, oh, it's the end of the match, take it home, lads, or roll me up. 
You know, it's like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I, I just, yeah, I just, definitely. I, just, I, I saw a couple of matches with like the young bucks, and they did like a Dave Meltzer uh, destroyer on yeah. a guy, and then the guy pit kicked out, and then the finish was like a roll up later, and I was like, why? <laughs> like, we, used to, we, used to, we used to talk about it like Ring of Honor in the in the very old days of Ring of Honor. It used to be like pile driver, pile driver, pile driver, tombstone off the top rope. German, 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 finish with a roll-up. And you're thinking, well, you could have finished the match with any of those tombstones or pile drivers you did. Like, that's a finish. Like, a finish, like a roll-up's a finish for an yeah. upset victory or for a hard-fought back-and-forth match. But it's not a finish for a big, hard-hitting, I'm going to pile-drive you six times. Well, let your finish there. Like, I'm done now. I'm not getting up after you drop me on my head six times. No. What man is, do you know what I mean? It's, it's crazier because you look at it now and it's it's... I think a lot of the times with pro wrestling now is there's a lot of people out there that's like a cookie cutter wrestler. So they're all pretty much, there's a lot of wrestlers that look exactly alike and you can interchange them because they're doing, and not saying that none of them are good. I'm just saying they're very athletic. They're very good at what they do, but they have no sort of character that separates them from anybody else. Like there's nothing, nothing they're doing that's going to separate them from the guy next to them. Yeah, and I think that's that's the issue is people don't want to be the gimmick. People don't want to look the dick. If people are a heel, they want to be a cool heel. They want people to think he's funny. Him, I like him, even though he's supposed to be getting heat and and supposed to be getting the crowd pissed off yeah. with him. Not not going. Nah, he's a funny guy. Him, isn't he funny? Him, what he said about him. I see. Well, that's not your job. Is not to make a fool of the face. The face is not supposed to be the butt of your joke. You're yeah. supposed to either cue him up so he makes you look a dick, not make him look a dick. But yeah, I think I saw some some something somewhere that said the the entire job of the heel is just to make the baby face look good. Like pretty much. Yeah. But if you make the baby face look great and you beat him, then yeah. you, you beat better. someone who looks great. But yeah. if you if you shit on him and then beat him. Then you, you make him look bad. But yeah, again, no, if he beats you, the better you look. Like when I used to tour with Tracy Smothers, he always used to sum it up because like some of the guys used to get on the mic, some of the inexperienced guys, and they'd call them old. And and that was one thing he never did with Tracy. He never called him old when he was on the on the shows. And he would like he wouldn't be happy. He'd have a few words with him backstage after, but he would say, you know, you just shit on yourself. Because you go out there and you say, I'm an old, beat-up old man who can't wrestle anymore and washed up, da 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 and I beat you. You just got beat by a washed-up, beat-up old man who can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So how does that make you look good? Whereas if you say to me, you know, you're experienced, you've got a lot of knowledge on me, but I know I'm that much better than you, I'm that much quicker, I'm that much better than you, even with your experience. And then you beat him, it's like, yeah, well, hell, he's good. And if you don't beat me, yeah, I got you, but it's because of my experience I got you. So you can then go on to other things. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is this is back from the old days where you want to protect the guys. You know what I mean? You didn't want the guys to go out and just like have a match for no reason whatsoever. You needed to protect yeah. your, your guys, especially your regular guys that you're using in promotion. So you can say, All right, we've got we've got ten guys here. These are guys we're gonna use every month or every week or every whenever you're running the show. So we need to build these guys and protect them. But we also have these five interchangeable guys we're going to bring in regularly. So we don't want them to look absolute dog shit. 
Mm -hmm. But then we'll bring in two or three guys now and again from at a, at a province who want to come over and want to do a bit or, or out of the area who want to come in and do a bit. And we'll use these guys, if they're well-known, through the indie fan. You'll have them in Canada, the same as you do here. You have your regular indie fan that follows every promotion in, in the Canada or in, in the UK. Yeah. And they'll know who the top guys are on other promotions. So if you bring them in, the casual fan doesn't know who they are. Yeah. But the, the, the diehard fan will. And if you put two of them together in a match... Yeah, people aren't going to go, oh, he's just lost because he's from the promotion down the road. You know what I mean? They're going to put on a hell of a match, and then the guy doesn't lose anything by losing to the guy who's here every week. And then the other guy goes down the road and repays the favor. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it makes no difference where both guys are protected, whereas nowadays there's, there's not really a lot of that protection. It's a big piece of, all right, we're going to go out, we're going to do... We're going to do all this, and it doesn't have any sort of long-term goal of building any stars of today. It's just like a lot of the stuff that people do. It's like there's no hook to come next week. Do you know what I mean? They'll do a show, and then there's no hook to say this is what you need to do to come back next week. Yeah, it's just it's just a big art. Of, it's over. It's done. Go home. See you next week. Yeah, it's like yeah, really no, you need I, a big you need a big thing and then build it up. Right here, yeah. We we run weekly with RCW, or at least we, we yeah. have been up until very recently. Um, and that, that's definitely like a, a, a part of the issue. I think that a lot of times, like, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with ideas and we'll figure out, oh, we could go into this and into this and into this. And then, you know, sometimes on the day of something happens or somebody doesn't show up and a bunch of stuff get, ends up getting changed. But yeah. they, there, there is a lot of times when I'm booked on the show and I'll show up at the show and be like, hey, so who am I wrestling tonight? And the promoter's like, well, I'm still figuring it out. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. the, the show's you, you in like those... two hours, bro. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> We had one, I had one recently and it was like, we did a show and, the guy came to me five minutes before curtain telling me what he wants. We were out first. He said to yeah. me, and this guy went, all right, your music's playing now. This is what I need from the match. And I was just like, go out and do it. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like I was in there with a guy I knew and we were yeah. both experienced enough to go out and do it. But I'm saying nine times out of 10 with a lot of the guys now, they can't call a match on the fly. Like they would struggle to go out without anything, without anything planned and go, oh shit, what am I going to do here? You know I me mean? without having all my spots planned and me knowing how many exactly how many punches I'm throwing, then it's and I think you get people different way. I think the more complex you make a match, the more planning that goes into it, or the more higher up on the card you might plan a couple high spots or big spots in the match. But I think you should be able to go out with anybody and do a basic 10, 15 minute match yeah. off the cuff or just call it out there. Do you know what I mean? Without any sort of, it's not ideal. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. I mean, you've definitely it's, it's, got like, uh, like I don't know. Like, we haven't really gotten into it, but you've got like, what? How long have you been wrestling for? Twenty years? Yeah, about twenty years now. Yeah. See, so. and I've I've only been wrestling for like four years, and so like the first time I showed up at a show and walked up to the guy and was like, "So, what do you want to do tonight?" And the guy was like, "Well, I'll see you in the ring. You know how to wrestle." I was like, "Uh." Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and okay, so, I'll see you out there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, that was that was that was a learning experience for me, and it happened a couple of times. Need, and then, 
you, you just eventually figure out, okay, well, we're just going to go out there and make it up as we go. And, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to get a little insistent and be like, nope, I'm taking a move here, bud. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. yeah. It's, now I'm doing this. No, but I think it's, it's a big part of it. Obviously it's, it's the heels will mostly call the matches anyway. So yeah. it's most of the time I'm, I'm playing the bad guy anyway. So I would take the lead on the match. So if I was in there with a guy who didn't really have a lot of experience in calling the match, you would just keep it as yeah. simple as possible. Get him, get him up, and then. But I think it's it's how we learn. Too many people are afraid to do it, which means it's a skill you never perfect or never learn to do anymore. Because you've got a week between shows, or two weeks between shows, or three weeks between shows, or a month. I may as well say a month as well between shows, and then you know what match you're going to have next month, and your brain will keep ticking. You'll be in the car going to work. You'll be sitting at home. And you go, oh, I could do this with him. Oh, that would be great if I could do this. Maybe if we do this spot, it'll be fucking awesome, that. You know what I mean? And you piece the stuff together in your match. So before you know it, mm-hmm. you have a match built in your head of everything you want to do. So you know exactly what you want to do when you turn up on show day and they go, are you got any ideas? Well, I got a couple. I mean, you know what you got. You got the whole match plan in your head, but you don't want to say, oh, I got everything planned out, brother. This is what we're going to do. You want to say, yeah, I got a couple ideas that we can do if you want. And yeah, then the same with the vice versa. And if you get a guy who's the same sort of level as you and, and the same sort of like style as you, it can be great because you go, oh, I got a couple ideas. Oh, I got a couple ideas too. And you blend them together and you go out there and it's a work of art. You know what I mean? And other times you have people there and you, you'll you go out and shit the bed. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll, everything will go wrong. <laughs> everything that possibly could go wrong will go wrong. And I've had a few of those good ones in the past, which were which were great. I've so had it's uh, myself. <laughs> well, we had we had one before, and it was like everything everything went wrong in the whole match. It was like everything like it was such a basic match as well, and it was like stuff like we had a dance off in there, and <gasps> and this the sound guy couldn't get the music to play oh, for no. the dance off. So it was like Tracy Smothers trying to get a dance off going, and he's going. Just play anything. Fucking put anything on. <laughs> we're like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do here. So we so we just like jump them after everything. And we don't really know where we're going to go from here. Because that was the cutoff anyway. The dance off and then attack you from behind or whatever. But it was like, fuck me. This whole thing has gone shit. Like everything was like, just everything went in. And then Roderick Strong came in after the match. He was out next and he apologized on the mic for that match. That's how bad it Oh, was. no. He came out and he was like, I'm sorry about that, guys. That was, that was, I don't know what that was. <laughs> we were oh, like, that, that must have been, uh, that must have been no, a, because a pretty hard knew. night for we you. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad because we all knew it was a fucking, the shits. So we weren't going to go back and go, ah, oh, it was all right. It's just a bit. It was just one of those ones. It was like, yeah, we'll just write a line through that. That never happened. Let's forget about that one and move yeah. on. So it's, it's, because I mean, you can, you can beat yourself up, but I always have like a, like the same thing as when I did stand-up comedy. You do like your 10 o'clock rule. So you have like till 10 o'clock the next morning after a show. 10 o'clock the next morning, if it was the greatest match ever, that was brilliant, that was great, that was perfect. You got till 10 a.m. the next morning to really enjoy that, that moment. And if you have an absolute shitter, you have till 10 a.m. the next morning to, to think that was a shitter. And then after that, you just forget about it and move on to the next one. Because if not, you'll just get caught up and then nick yourself out thinking, ah, oh, you know, I'm going in the next match and that one was bad. And the next one will probably be bad because I'm fucking rotten and this, that, and the other. And really, it's like, well, 
no, you're being hard on yourself because people are going to have good nights and sometimes you'll go out and people will enjoy your act and they'll think that's brilliant, that's really good. Then other nights people will go, I didn't get him. It yeah. depends on what type of show you're on. Like, you know, there's people, sometimes I've had people trying to, trying to book me with like indie stars of, of a high profile. I've just said, listen, I said, there's other people on the show that you have that can yeah. give that guy a better match his style than what I would do. You know what I mean? Give me one of the trainees, give me one of the young guys, and I'll go out and have a good match with him. Like I'm not a type of guy that needs to be in the top tier main event with this high profile name guy. And and I appreciate the offer. But sometimes you go like you put me in with this guy and this guy wants to do everything a thousand miles an hour. And I'm just gonna say, You slow it right down, kid, because you're not gonna go that fast with me. Like I don't go that fast. I'm built for comfort, not for speed. So let's slow it down. You know what I mean? We're not we're not going there. And they'll want to go out and do a hundred miles an hour. You know what I mean? Everything like that. It's not I can do that if I wanted to. I can go out and I can run. You know, your cardio is important to have. But again, if this guy's five foot, a hundred pounds, and me and him are having a race, and I'm six six, three hundred and twenty pounds, chances are he's probably gonna beat me in that race. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. But I always tell the guys, you know, you want to try to wrestle to your other your opponent's speed unless you're using your speed to show them up. So if it's, a, if it's the baby face against the heel and he's doing a spot where, you know, the, the face is avoiding him using a speed type thing, yeah, it'd be faster than him. But other than that, you'll want to slow it down to keep it going because you need to give time for showing out. Like a lot of the times I'll notice a lot of people when they're doing – strikes or moves on people it's bang one strike and then they're straining for another one and i'll just tell them like let me sell your first move and then we can look at what you're doing next or let me get a feel for that so i can go oh yeah you've hit me because in in, you're not going to hit me once and then keep hitting me in the face and me not go down do you know what i mean i would hit the floor if someone anyone started nailing you Full yeah, force yeah. The I, I, there, like, there's always the thing where the guy like hits you like six times to get you across the ring. Yeah. And it's like that's it. You'd hit just me like one. twice, and I'd probably bump and just be like, I don't want to get hit anymore. You know, that's it. Yeah. Just hit me once, and I'll I'll get to the other side of the ring. You just hit me. I'll, I'll get there. Don't piece worry. Of advice given to me one time because I was I was going into a match once <laughs> with this guy that I was I was worried might try to rough me up or whatever in the match right and i was talking to some guys on the way back from the show the night before and they were like the one guy was like oh no if he hits you just sell if he hits you bump and if he wants to hit you pick he'll have to pick you up to hit you again right and so like that was a little piece of advice that i learned like oh if somebody's starting to go to town i just start selling your your arsenal just, just like over. you know it, it, that way yeah if he hits you and you take a big bump if he wants to hit you again he has to pick you up you know i was used to go through the middle rope if they hit you just fall back and go through the middle rope and spill to the floor and just sell it i seen that in an old dick murdoch match from costa rica the guy hits him and he just falls through the middle rope and rolls halfway up the aisle so it's like if you want to hit me again you gotta come up here and get me same thing he was just out he was just away he was up and then forward rolling. I was in the aisle and everything. It was class. I always seen that. And I always thought, oh, if anyone hits me or tries to rough me up when I was just starting, I thought I'm just going to fall out the ring. And then just mm-hmm. it'll it'll get them over because I'm selling the move. So they can't be angry. But at the same time, I'm not just going to stand there and let someone punch me in the mouth. 
no but luckily, idea. like I never had I never had a lot of that happening for me. But over the years, I've got rough. Yeah, up no, a few it's, times, it's it's not really uh, something that's been going on around here either. Like I, I, it, you know, I was just being paranoid, and you know, uh, at that point, I didn't have a lot of experience, so I was like, oh, what if this guy decides that? No, um, no, you know, then that guy's happens. a fucking dickhead. He's not very professional, and probably shouldn't be <laughs> wrestling if he can't, you know, control his emotions. You know, it doesn't really take a tough guy to take advantage of someone in the ring and beat them up. You know what I mean, like. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I've had people in the match who just constantly make mistakes and stuff like that, and I try. I just try to talk to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just be like, "Wake up!" Type thing. I'll I'll just give them a slap, but I won't slap them hard. Just enough to say, "Come on, wake up, wake up!" Like when I'm the bad guy, I can do that. Put them in the corner, put the arms over, slap them, wake up, wake up. You know, just, just try to say and get it on. But as long as you can cover it up, nobody knows what you had planned. So if you go out there and you make a mistake, and then you cover it up then it doesn't matter because nobody knows you made a mistake apart from you and the guy in the ring and maybe a couple of guys in the back if you ran your match through with anyone. But other than that, it's like nobody else knows, so don't worry too much about it. And, I mean, it's, it's a big thing like that. It's like it's too many people get caught up and they just go back to the same spot. And I'm thinking, well, no, like you get one crack at it, and if you don't do it, just do it, move on, then practice it and do it next time. Do you know what I mean? But don't go back and try to do the same spot because there's nobody going to edit that. Do you know what I mean? And go, oh, we'll put this yeah. together for TV. Yeah, no, that, there's nothing, nothing like that happens. Sense to do that when you're on your, you're a local wrestling company down at well, the Legion or whatever, where you know the only people watching this are the people that are there watching it. You know, well, exactly. It's like, oh, you might go on YouTube and get a hundred people watching it on YouTube. And yeah. most of them are going to be the guys watching it or your buddies watching it. You know what I mean? You say, oh, give this match a watch, and then I'm going to go, oh, you really yeah. fucked that up. You and really then, fucked that then, spot up. Like you're, unless you have a good video editor, you're you're going to get criticism on that YouTube video anyway. It's going to be like, oh, oh yeah. well, there's this weird jump cut at one point. Or it's going to be like, oh, there was this weird spot where they just did the same thing twice, and they messed it yeah. up the first yeah. time. You know, like... <laughs> well, there's old, and we've got some old DVDs, me and my buddy. And it's like from the really early days when we were wrestling, and the camera dies. So it was like halfway through the the show, the camera dies, and then it was just like piece together. And these were actually sold at shows. These DVDs. Oh no! So it's like halfway through the main event, the camera dies, and then it comes back on, and all the guys in the ring are like, "Yeah, we did it!" We did it. So the whole <laughs> finish of the match, the whole last ten minutes of the match is gone. Like nobody knows what happened. All you know is like the heat's happening, camera cuts out, baby faces win. That's all you need to know. It just doesn't surprise me at all. Like, like, does that make the cut? Sell it. Sell it. Get that on the merchandise stand. That'll do. We'll duplicate that. We won't say, oh yeah, well, the, the matches. We don't even make any sort of notice that the match is halfway cut off. Like We don't mention it. We just sell it on the merchandise stand. So people look at a match and go, oh, that main event looks good. It's like, well, half of it is pretty good, and then it cuts out. But, yeah. That's, 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 still, that's, stuff, pre- that's pretty amusing. I mean, I've definitely been on shows where, like, we have this uh, one guy that makes sure that his camera's at every show so that all the matches get recorded yeah. so that, you know, he can send the matches out to the boys so everybody can watch what they're, they're doing and try and, you know, get better. That's a good way to learn, though. 
but there's definitely been days where I'm like, hey man, uh, did you did you get the video from last night or whatever? And I'll be like, oh, unfortunately, somebody cut up, shut the camera off, or the battery died, and just uh, yeah, you know. And then Sell the worst it. is when you feel like like when you're you're asking <laughs> between those hours before 10 a.m. the next morning, and you think you had yeah. a really great match, and th- then oh, there's no footage. Sorry. Oh. I've had a few yeah. like that already. Good, like where promoters fell out with the guys because we've got a lot of guys over here do the camera crews, so you'll you'll know the crews as well as like when you go to some of the shows over here. And obviously, some of them have the same crews will come and do the photos and come and do the the cameras and everything and film the matches and stuff. And, and a lot of the times you get it, and it's like, but like one time we had this match and it was like a six man street fight, and the whole summer it was like building up this big street fight match it was like a big tag team match and you had like we had the belts we were the bad guys but we stole the belts and then you had the champions and the number one contenders so we were all in there for the titles and it was like anything goes street fight it was like great like thinking back on it, it's like one of the matches that you always go if everything goes right it goes right and then the promoter fell out with the guy who does the camera work and he was just like well fuck you you're not getting your footage and just burned it so it was like the whole match is gone. Like it's it's gone. And you go, like, but the thing is, if I watch it back, I'm going to rip myself to bits because I always do whenever I watch myself back. There's always bits where I'm always still now going, constantly need to be improving, constantly need to, to look at that and fix yeah. that. And I don't like that. Don't do that anymore. Do this instead. And, and it's little things like that. I'm always, so I think it, the idea of that match is probably better than what it actually was. And now that the footage is lost and nobody can see, it's like, was the best match of all time but yeah. nobody will ever see it so it's like oh you know it's sorry guys but it's it's a great match but nobody could ever tell me otherwise because it's impossible to watch it unless you were there i had but, this one match down at the royal canadian legion in front of ninety three thousand fans <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good turnout that night it yeah. was a good turn we, t- we took the walls off the off the place to get people in it yeah, was they wall were like, to wall. The, the, the people were coming in from the basement. We had yeah. people were on each other's shoulders just to get a glimpse of this match. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's what happens. It's what happens. But no, this is stuff like that happens all the time. And it's quite, quite amusing when you go, "Oh, did you get that footage?" Oh no, we fell out. And then I was quite good with the with the guys doing the footage. So like later on, after the heat died down between those, I reached out to him and said. Hey, do you have that footage of that match that we did? And he was like, No, I, I shredded it when I was pissed off with him. So sorry. And I said, Nah, it's all good. It happens. But like this promoter guy who was fell out with him, he was like this this guy who did the camera crew, made the guy a ring, made the guy a, a cage and everything, so we can have like the big war games and a big like cage match and stuff like that. But okay. cage wasn't great though, because it had a uh, the tiny holes in the cage for that your feet couldn't fit in. Oh, so okay. like you couldn't, it was pretty much impossible to climb the cage. It was a lot higher than the normal, the normal cage was. So it was yeah. like you were standing on the top rope and you still couldn't reach the top of the cage. You tried to hoist yourself up. Oh, so wow. it was like, it was this sort of the small, it was like the chain link fence, trying to get your wrestling boot in the chain link fence and trying to climb up that. And then the, it was not very well made, so the the frame of the the door when you put the ratchets on sealed the door shut, so the door couldn't open when the when the cage was up, and you couldn't climb out, so you're pretty much trapped. 
in the cage. Someone had to come and throw a ladder over for people to climb out because there was no way to get out of the actual the cage. So it was it was a well made cage. There was no escape in it, but it was uh, it was interesting. And I've I think that's what led to the cage match. I, I would like to do one one day. Right, you can... So I was like the old old blue steel, the old the old style WF cage with the blue big holes in them and yeah i think those are better those, than the, yeah those uh, ones those ones look like they take they probably like i'd rather get like smashed into the chain link fence than into one of no, those big it. blue steel cages but also like it would be may, way easier to climb the big blue steel cage than it would be to climb the fence cage like even like exactly. if you watch like later on like current versions of hell in the cell and stuff lately yeah like, you'll see that they've cut around some of the chain links just to make bigger bit, spaces yeah. for people's feet so that if they want to yeah, climb, yeah. they can, you they know? can get in. Yeah. And I think it's like when they have the old blue cage, if you watch like the old Bret Hart versus uh, Shawn Michaels cage match or Bret Hart Owen Hart cage where like Bret mm-hmm. looks like Shawn's going to win, but Bret takes his foot, ties it in the cage. So Shawn's hanging upside down with his foot caught in the cage. Bret climbs out and gets out, you know, and it's, it's some things that you can't do without chain link fence. Like yeah. once you're once you're pretty much down, the the drama's sort of gone from where you could go, from the top to the bottom on the other side. There's no way to really get at you or do anything through the chain link. Do you know what I mean? So I think it adds that bit I've more to it, especially with the, the more like you know they have the roadside fences on construction sites and stuff. And yeah. around here, like in in Alberta, like I've seen cages made of that, which is is interesting but it's also like okay this is definitely looks like budget cage match yeah. because like it's some literally like they, the, yeah the fence like when they put it up when they put the cage up it's like the height of the top of the cage is like maybe if there was a fourth rope you know or a fifth rope so, so it's like oh uh, yeah i take a suplex off that uh, cage sure why yeah, not no problem do it yeah. why not it's just like the top rope so yeah. it's Top rope with a jump, so it uh, should be good. No, but it's, I think it's you get some of them. They try to do it like there's a few guys over here that do the regular cage matches, and they've got the proper cage made, and it's it's good. Like you know, what I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good cage matches, but then you get other ones over here that try to do it like you say on a budget, and it's like it's 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 shambles. You may as well not do it because it just looks looks shocking, and there's that many different matches you can do. You know what I mean? That other than a cage match, that's it's going to be more in your, more in your budget. You know what I mean? To do that sort of stuff, than try to do a shoddy cage that doesn't look right. Yeah. So it's yeah. do a lumberjack match if you've got the guys in the back. Yeah. Get them out we again. Done some of those lumberjack matches, and then we occasionally we'll do like uh, lumberjack strap match where all the lumberjacks have yeah. belts and stuff. Those ones are fun. Oh, yeah. It would be fun I, to be a lumberjack. I, oh yeah, it, I it was fun to be a lumberjack. I did one of those one time, and uh, uh, this was right when like Canam and and RCW were like first starting to cooperate. <laughs> and out here, there's a guy called uh, I think his his gimmick in Canam is Billionaire Ed, and so he was one of the lumberjacks and had a strap. And so and Vince Austin was out here. You probably are familiar with Vince Austin. Yeah. Newfoundland Viking Lord guy. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah, know, I know who Ed was. 
And then he was like, who's that other guy over there with the belt? And he, you know, and then Ed was a little bit, he was, he had been having a couple of drinks or whatever, clearly. And then uh, I guess he, he hit Nate with the, one of the wrestlers, he hit with the uh, buckle of the belt, you know? So Vince Austin didn't like it. And Vince Austin and Ed ended up having like a real fight on the, on the floor of this lumberjack match. And I had to go over there and pull, pull off uh, Vince Austin and be like, it's not worth it, man. Just, just chill out. It's not worth it, man. Chill out. Chill out. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Oh, it's, now, there's nothing worse than that. I mean, sometimes, especially if you're not sure of a guy and then he does something, even if it's unintentional or he just makes a mistake, it's enough to go, oh, that guy's trying to hurt him. Yeah, it's no, I, I, I don't think it was anything. I don't think it was a malicious thing. I think it was just, I think what honestly happened was Vince thought that Ed was just like a fan who had somehow yeah. got a belt and got, got in a, there. And... <laughs> took his belt off and got a belt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. I, I, I legitimately yeah. think that's what happened. And then, yeah, it just was like, okay, it all got worked yeah, out in the end, though. But it was. That's all right, then. We have had similar bits, bits like that. When we first started out, there was a. There was a tag team that we we had. It was like called Full Pack. Uh, they were a good good tag team, like it, like the uh, old back backseat boys. They did that okay. sort of gimmick. So they were here and they were wrestling. One of the guys who used to come out, one of the experienced guys at the time, who we thought were experienced, called Enigma. And this guy was the fucking thought he was like Rob Van Dam, but he wasn't. Like he was fucking. I'll bury him. He can fucking. He's shit. Like he can fuck off. <laughs> okay. So he's he's, but uh, he goes and he was just one of these guys. He never turned up the train and never worked out. It never done anything. He turned up the shows and think he was fucking awesome. And, like these two guys went out and, and Mickey and Ian, they're great guys. Like the, the salt, they're like some of my closest buds. And they went out and did a match with him. And they were hitting him with stuff like, and he was hitting him with a they hit Enigma with a chair, and he would just like nip up and no sell the chair shot and and all this sort of shit and like. Then he just brutally beat the shit out of these guys. And these these were only young kids. Like when I first started, I was about 21. These guys are about 17, 18 at the time. So they're not they're not uh, old enough to really do anything. And this guy was about probably 23, 24, a bit older than me. Mm-hmm. And he was just beating the shit out of these kids. And he came backstage and Isaac was there. Iceman was there with me. And they, like nobody really liked Scott Enigma because he was a bit up himself all the time. He came back and Isaac said, "Doing what the fuck was that? Like, why did you go out there and just take the piss out of the guy? Like, beat the shit out of the guys?" And Enigma pulled his bandana off and threw it in Isaac's face. And I've never seen like Isaac's the, the gentle giant. Like, he's a hardcore legend. He does light tubes, barbed wire, all this sorts of shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's one of the toughest guys I know, but he's the softest guy ever. Like, if you if you're on his good good terms he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet and like he just threw and i just seen him turn red and he just grabbed scott by the back of the head and threw him to the floor and just started wailing punching on him and like me and my buddy john were there and we were like you know let's let's see if they can talk (laughs) because nobody likes scott so they're like let's give him a couple before we pull him off we're just like give him one or two and it's like bob bob he's just started hitting him he's like yeah right that's enough that's enough it's like the only thing you want yeah i'll let him get a couple in just because he deserves it, then we'll just get him off. But I think a couple led to about three or four, four or five punches, and then we were like, come on now, come on now. But he was the type of guy who would turn up. Like, we did a tour in Carlisle, this Enigma guy, and he, like, the first night, he, like, broke his ankle. Like, or twisted his ankle pretty bad, and then expected oh. the guys to carry him 
around the shows and stuff, like on their back. And what? I used to say to me, oh, can you give me a piggyback to the there? And I go, what do you need, Scott? Because if you need a drink or something, I'll go to the shop and I'll buy you a drink, but I'm not going to Hodor you. This was before Game of Thrones, but obviously it was similar to Hodor, where you have him on your back and carry the guy around. I was like, I'm not Hodoring you about. Like, I was like, fuck this. I was like, who runs gas town? <laughs> come on, come on now, let's go. Like, I'm, not fucking, I'm not that guy. Like, if you want a drink, I'll go to the bar and get you a drink, but I'm not going to carry you to the bar. And, uh, and like, I remember it was the night we dropped them off on the night at, at the end of the tour, we all finished up, and it was the middle, I think it was February. So it was a bit icy here in the UK. It doesn't get quite like it was in Canada. But we watched him hobble, and he was trying to get somebody to help him to his door. Was he still having me and I like, like this? No, no. He just he took. He came on the tour like first night. He fucked himself. The rest okay. of the tour just came. He was just there because nobody was going to drive him back because it was up in Scotland, like back in the Scotland. Okay. So it was about a four-hour drive back, four or five-hour drive back. So say, like, I'm not going to drive you back and then drive back up here. No, you know no. what I mean. You can just yeah. you can just sit it out. So and he's hobbling against the wall, and me and Isaac to this day still crease at this because we were watching him in the car, and he kept looking back at us, going, "Oh, you know, it's a, uh, oh, you know, it's someone nobody's helping me." And then, and then all of a sudden, he just went ass over tit on the ice, <laughs> just slipped on the ice, and just ended up on his back. <laughs> and we just fucking crease at this guy because like we thought he deserves it because all the karma and all the shit that he's done yeah. to the young lads. I think now fuck him. Fuck him. He's a piece of shit. But, you know, he doesn't wrestle anymore anyway. He'll never watch this. Solid. So who are some of the... We've, we've covered uh, uh, Scott the Enigma, who who is not one of the best wrestlers in uh, England. Who are no. some of the, the better guys that you have had the uh, opportunity so, to work with? Besides, I mean, uh, obviously, you, Terry Smothers is a, is a complete legend. Yeah. And Roderick Strong Smothers, is no... Roderick so Strong himself. was there. I mean, I never got to work Roderick. I was on tours with him. And obviously... That match didn't really do, <laughs> didn't go good. I mean, I, I got a, I was supposed to wrestle Jake the Snake uh, oh, really? on one show. Yeah, but then it was a tour on that same tour. I was supposed to wrestle Jake on the Sunday night. But then he was he was a bit rough at the time without going into the details, obviously. Most people know Jake's demons yeah. and stuff. And, and obviously he's, he's got himself right now, so fair play. But, you know, he wasn't in the best way during that tour. So the first night he was a bit drunk and stuff and, and then he got into a bit of an altercation backstage with a couple of the lads and things. And it was just, so then one of the lads who was torn with him, Phil Powers, who's a great guy, he ended up wrestling Jake the whole weekend because he used to travel with Jake. So he knew how to work him when he was in that sort of yeah. shape and stuff. And like, I remember the first night and it was like 3000 people in, do you know what I mean? So it was like, Jake was still bringing people in, do you know yeah. what I mean? He was still drawing good numbers. And then I got to wrestle Paul Burchill, who wrestled in WWE for a bit. Oh, cool. As a pirate virtual on the Sunday night instead. And that was all right. I mean, I wrestled some guys from Noah, some Japanese guys, Sua, and uh I don't know the names, so it's pretty bad. But oh, that, that's that's they're quite, but I'm never I'm not really one for, for like uh name, but some of the great guys over here in the UK, you've got like Martin Kirby, who wrestles for ICW, Dragon Gate, you've got like uh Wolfgang. I did a lot with him, like uh who wrestles in WWE now in NXT as part of Gallus? So it's oh okay, uh, yeah. Like he's a, he's a good guy, and like I used to do shows with like Drew McIntyre and, and stuff like that, and stuff like he used to be on the shows with us all the time, and, and people like that. So we sort of started out the gym that I trained at 
what well, used to partner with BCW, where was where like Wolfgang trained, where where Drew McIntyre trained, and people like that. So they all came from that gym, and we used to trade talent. So the WCW gym where I train and the BCW, we used to always do like shows together. So we'd always have their guys coming down, and we'd go up and do shows with them. So you had like the likes of Jack Jester and people like that from ICW. They would always be on those shows and these are some of the guys who've never changed like they're still nice as anything you know what i mean i still speak mm-hmm. to a lot of them they're still still great guys you know what i mean they haven't changed no matter how far up they go or how wherever they are do you know what i mean the world they're still the same guys you know what i mean which is good to see because you've had people in the past i know who've done all right for themselves and then all of a sudden they disappear and then on the way down again you get a friend request on facebook and it's they're back down on the scene and they're wondering, hey, can I jump in the car with you next week? <laughs> You're going, yeah, of course you can, buddy. You know, it's you don't that life's too short to hold grudges against people and stuff like that. So I just let people let people do their do what they're gonna do. You know, if they're yeah, hundred percent happy with like, it, happy happy I days. Always, but like I, I always consider wrestling to be a lot of like a, a big part of the reward I get out of it is that it's fun. You know. Yeah, so if it's well, like, it. I mean, the moment, wrong, the moment you a, take it, the fun out of it, it's it's no good yeah. anymore. You don't do it for any other reason apart from you love it. Do you know that's that's the big thing of it. But I mean, going back to people like wrestling people, it's like anytime wrestling with like the Knights, like the WAW, like Ricky Knight, Zack Knight, Soraya, you know, what I mean, anyone, anyone down there, Roy as a Roy Knight, you know, any any of those guys, like Ricky Knight Jr. over here, he's making waves. Uh, he's doing brilliant. Uh, he's going to be the, probably the next breakout star from the UK. I would have thought because he's he's amazing, like amazingly talented. He comes from the same family, you know what I mean. So it's it's in his blood, and he's he's doing really well. So I mean, those are those are guys. When you wrestle on shows with them, you really come away. But then you've got a lot of the guys who who aren't noticed as much. Like the, I do a lot of wrestling with like Target Pro Wrestling and Carlisle. They've got a lot of good guys there. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys coming up through the ranks. You've got in Scotland, Copenhagen. You know what I mean? There's a lot of places over here where people are breaking out. You know, you go up there and you see people and they're doing quite well for themselves. You know what I mean? Like I wrestled for It does seem to me, like, sorry to interrupt you, but like uh, the UK is like like England and Scotland and all that. Like the the, the UK itself is about the same size as Alberta. Like it's probably smaller than Alberta, I would have thought. Yeah, the UK is not very big at all. But there's there's way more promotions out there. Like there's a lot of promotions. There's a in lot Alberta, of promotions, but there's they're but, not there's a lot of promotions, but a lot of promotions don't need to be there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's that's the problem. It's like a lot of the times what we have here is is sort of someone will start a promotion and then they'll start a training school, despite not really being able to like not suitable to train people, not not experienced yeah. enough, I would say, to train people. And then what they'll do is they'll train people, and then you'll have those guys will start doing shows, and those guys will get shows in. And like in the Northeast alone, we have about seven promotions. Oh wow! Do you know what I mean? From from about from thirty minutes from my house is about seven promotions. Out of those seven promotions, three, I'm not going to name names, but probably about three are worth working for. Do you know what I mean? And the other ones are pretty much. Just the drizzling like backyard shits. mud shows and stuff. Well, it's like it's it's guys who have trained for for years and years, and like I'm not going to shit on the guys because a lot of the guys are good guys, but ultimately it's like there's a lot of good training schools here. 
but then there's a lot of also shitty training schools. The problem is you go to a good training school, they'll want you to do everything properly before you go on the shows. But if you go to one of these ones where you pay the guy 10 or a month or 10 or a week or whatever it is, and you go and train at a school and, and yeah, he's doing a show at the end of the month and yeah, you can have a spot on the show. No bother. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. Yeah. He's You're paying your tenner a month. Yeah. I'll get yeah. you on. It's, it's, it's all about a money making. And they can dress it up how they want. giving you a PO <laughs> No, that's it. But then like, they can't go anywhere else. Like these mm. guys will wrestle the same handful of guys over and over and over again. And they'll never go anywhere to get experience of wrestling other people, you know? And then, and then it does them a disservice because if they ever do get someone come in and they wrestle them, they don't really know what to do because it's not the same guy they train with every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the guy they have a week to put a match together or a month to put a match together or train them twice a week. You know, it's, it's someone different. So it's, I think it's a lot of it is, is they come in and do it and then they think, Oh, I can't get booked anywhere. So I'll just run a promotion. I'll just start a promotion. Oh, and then okay. they start up their own promotion and then they book themselves. You know what I mean? And that's how it happens everywhere. And I'm not saying that that's, that's a bad thing. Cause yeah, hell there's a lot of work here for anybody who wants a show. You can get on a show pretty easily. And, and the thing is, it's like there's some of the guys do well, you know what I mean? They'll get some crowds in this. There's, there's a lot of good wrestling in the UK and there's a lot of good wrestlers in the UK and a lot of good wrestlers wrestle for some of these smaller companies. Do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't say they're all, all bad but a lot of times it's it's because the pay do you know what i mean so it's a payday so mm -hmm. why wouldn't you do it if they ask you to do it you're going to go and they're paying you just as much as everyone else yeah. so they go and they do go and do the shows but i think it's a big thing for for the wrestling here for it to grow properly what it needs to do is is get some sort of people in that'll it'll go you need to work here and you do get it the same as everywhere you go if you wrestle there you can't wrestle here if you wrestle there you can't wrestle here do you know what i mean and it's but I've never, I've never really done that. I've always thought you're an independent wrestler, wrestle for who you want. You know, what I mean? yeah. you pay a guy for training. That's 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 your transaction ends there. If the guy gives you a foot in the door, then happy days. But don't sit there and and hold your hand out because that guy's never trained you for free. You paid him to train you. Do you know what I mean? It was a transaction. Now, obviously, if you get a good relationship and the guy looks after you and you build that loyalty up, but a loyalty shouldn't be demanded because you do a transaction with someone. You know what I mean? A loyalty, like any sort of loyalty in any sort of business is created because you look after your customer or you look after your guys. Do you know what I mean? If you look after your guys and you always have their best interests, then they'll be loyal to you. But if not, yeah. they're not going to be loyal to you. If you just expect them, oh, because they come to my training school, they therefore have to be loyal to me. Now, fuck that. You've got to treat them right. You know what I mean? You've got to make sure you're doing right by these guys. And if not, they'll go and find someone who will do right by them. But... It's about it, really. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's common sense, you would have thought. but So with about 20 years of wrestling experience under your belt, uh, Tim, have you yeah. have you uh, ventured into training at all? Have you uh, spent any time uh, teaching I mean, classes I've, or anything? I've done a bit where I've turned up at a show and then some guys asked me to run through some stuff. But even at 20 years, I wouldn't say I'm suitable to train people. Do you know what I mean? I know what yeah. I know very well, and I know how to do what I do very well. And I can, I can go in and pretty much have a match with anybody. And I can do different styles. I can do the hardcore. I can do the brawl. I can do the technical. I can do all the stuff I need to do. Yeah. But for me to say I'm at that level now where I can train people or run a training school, probably not. Like, I've done the odd training session where I've been on tour with a promotion, and they've said, oh, we've got training on Sunday. 
before the show, do you want to come and do a bit of training with the guys? But I wouldn't say it was a training seminar, and I wouldn't say that I'm suitable to do it. You know what I mean? Even with the experience I have, because I think a lot of the guys need to get out there and get show experience. Do you know what I mean? Once you get a strong grasp of the basics, you're not going to learn it until you're in the show environment. And you need to, to branch out, because if one guy's doing one show a month, you need to get more than one show a month under your belt. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, there, there's and a lot of there. things that, like, you just can't learn at training. Like, no, you know, like crowd work and stuff. Like, but it's, you it's can reading only off the crowd learn to there. work the crowd if there's some crowd there, you know? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as if you work in the crowd, for instance, or if you're if you're on a show and something's not working in your match and you need to change it up. So I've been to shows before where, hell, I've been... I've been the good guy. And then when I go out there, the guy has 40 people from work come to watch him wrestle. Oh. You know what I mean? A local lad. And he's like, well, they're all cheering for you. So yeah. I may as well be the bad guy and you may as well be the good guy. And we'll swap roles. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, yeah. it's just going to be everyone's cheering for you no matter what I do because you sit down with them every day and have a coffee with them. Yeah, and they you're know you're Brian. And you're not doing anything. Green. That's not you're not doing anything easy. otherwise. So it's, it's not going to help. So as you may as well just go with the flow and there's times where it's, it's just not been, you know what I mean? And the, the match yourself, if you go out and think, all right, well, I'm going to go out and do a hard hitting brawl and you go out and it's not working. The crowd don't want that. They want comedy. You have to turn it up again and go back to doing some silly stuff. You know what I mean? And that, that sort of, if you go out and there's kids of four and five years old wearing, wearing Roman Reigns t-shirts, they want to see someone do the Superman punch. They don't want yeah. to see a, yeah, like six Canadian destroyers. They want to see someone do an FU and or an F five and go, Oh, you can't see me. Do you know what I mean? And drop the fist. And that's that's what people want to see, you know. And I'm not saying don't get creative with it, but by all means do your own thing. But keep in mind who your audience is, because those are the ones you want to come back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you go out and do something where like it's a big thing over here with like colour, like getting blood over here and it's like some people like it and some people don't and some people will let you do it and some people don't and there's other guys here that just all the time they just want to get color in every match and you're thinking well, what, what's the point of that like it's yeah it doesn't especially seem when you go out and you're like there's 20 people there and they're all kids like you don't need to do you know what i mean yeah. you don't need to go out there and do that you just it's need it's not to... necessary in that situation in fact in that particular no. situation it would probably be a pretty tacky thing to do well, that's it. And you just think it's it's not really great to do that, and and it's like it's it's I I probably wouldn't advise against it. Plus, it's it's sort of it, it. I just don't see the point. Like, don't get me wrong. I've done it before, where it's been a big payoff, or it's been a big feud, or something. And it's coming to an end, and you want to go out and you guys mm -hmm. are going to beat each other, do a bloody pull, by la Stan Hansen and Terry Funk from back in the day, but. Not not going out just in a one-off, one-off match and just getting color off a punch because I want to get some color so it looks good on the pictures when I put them on social media. That doesn't really work, you know what I mean? So no, and like it's it's a it's a weird thing because I see like I see the sides to both points because like blood can add some pretty good drama, but at the same time, like it is, you know, it is two thousand and twenty-two almost 2023 do we really need to be like gigging ourselves to 
you yeah. know, like get our own blood when everybody knows that's what's going on anyway, right? So like, well, it's, it's like, I mean, it's as I say, there's a time to play. If it's an in, like if it's, if you're running an angle or something, and a guy comes out and they beat you to a bloody pulp, then yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. If it's a big payoff to a feud, yeah, fair enough. But if it's ten people or twenty people in the crowd and they're all kids and dads with their kids and yeah, the dads aren't gonna be like, yeah, that's impressive. You know, what I mean? the dads, the dads are there to watch the show. The kids don't see the blood on the TV anyway, unless they're watching AEW. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's like it's they're not going to see a lot of blood on TV anyway, especially on WWE now. So they're not used to seeing it. It's not like back in the day when they used to go town to town and and bust each other open. You know what I mean? Every other night, and that's the way it was. It's nowadays. It's like you can get away without doing it. So yeah, yeah, and I, I like I, not to say there's not a time and a place. There is a time and a place for it, but not every show. Yeah, it's not when there's not when there's mostly kids in the crowd. Because sometimes it can put people off coming back. You know, what I mean, if you bring your small child and you go and bleed all over the front yeah. row, you're gonna go. Well, my kid's traumatized. Now I need to go to therapy, and he's not gonna I, watch or want to watch us anymore. Heard about that happening like a couple of times out here before. They they had a cage match in Springbrook for a while. That of course sort of killed yeah. the town. One of the guys went after another guy with a fork, and it got really really bloody. And it was like there's a lot of children at this show, and the next time they went to that venue, there was not a lot of children at that show. Because I guess no. the parents were like, we're not taking our kids like, to watch yeah, that I'm not going to again, that. you know? I'm not going to watch that. Now, they <laughs> yeah. had a similar thing over here with a promotion, and they took a weed whacker. Oh, uh, boy. In, in front of the, on the pictures, is someone took a weed whacker to someone's arm, and it was like a push chair, like a, a, like a baby's push chair, just oh, out of man. shot that you could still see, and you're thinking... Like, there's a time and a place for it. And then it was like all over the news. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone was going, oh, this is pro wrestling, all this. And like all the pro wrestlers jumped on it. And I was saying like, yeah, it's a shitty thing. Like, it's really bad. But if pro wrestlers were half as good as promoting the positives of wrestling as they were as promoting the negatives. So when anyone fucks up, Twitter goes wild with telling people, oh, this guy fucked up. Yeah. And let's share it and retweet it and blame this guy and this guy. And that promotion did fuck up. And the promotion shouldn't be there, but they are there. And they're still going now. You know what I mean? They shouldn't be, but whatever. Do you know what I mean? That's I'm not getting into that. But as I say, it's like, for them, they got a lot of negative press. And then a lot of the wrestlers retweeted, share it. And as they would be, because they'd be pissed off, because people were saying, this is what wrestling is. And it's not what wrestling is. No. Do you know what I mean? But this is another one of these promotions that couldn't get booked anywhere else. So I'm going to open my own promotion and run shows. And then they see the rise in deathmatch wrestling and they go, I'm going to put a deathmatch on. Do you know what I mean? And even though there was kids present and it was a kid show, but they did give a warning that this match may get out of control as if that at a wrestling show is going to put parents yeah. off. They're going to say, oh, it's an angle. Do you know what I mean? They're going to think, oh, it's part of the show. This. They're just saying it's going to get out of control. Not, let's get light tubes and a weed whacker out and take a chunk out of someone's arm. The rest but, of the show was complete bullshit, but now we're about to get serious. <laughs> now we're getting serious. Yeah. Now, now it's kicking off. Watch this. Get the weed walker. You're seeing the Canadian goose. <laughs> exactly. Here he comes with the yeah. weed walker, with a chainsaw. But like you look at it and you go, like everyone jumped on it and you went. And I, I thought to myself, it was like one of these things where it's it's if people were that good at promoting the positives when someone does a good show or someone does something well, 
they're very reluctant to promote someone positive doing something positive for a charity or something like this but then if someone someone does something bad it's very much blown up and like what i said i said like you know these guys did this this stupid match and we knew about it in the community and then everybody started sharing it on twitter to be like oh these guys are fucking the shits you know what i mean look at these guys look what these guys do look at this and yeah. this and i probably did share it at the check time check out all this awful stuff that's happening around exactly. town. isn't it great <laughs> check, out, check out this northeast wrestling scene and how shit it is and then i'd say like, all this stuff gets shared and then you've got so many good promotions doing like raising money for charities and mm-hmm. and doing loads for like food food kitchens and stuff like this over here and then like nobody promotes it like you get the idea you get like four retweets but then if someone does something stupid it's like yeah. 10,000 retweets and 10,000 this and you're going it's you've got to look at the positives as well as the negatives and not just go pro wrestling is this now because that's not the case it needs to be sort of i think we people need to just support each other now because i know when i first started everyone thought it was like monday night wars and all the local promotions were feuding with each other you're yeah. like oh you can't work for them because they're rivals of us. Like, Why are they rivals? Like, I don't. They they run the same same cities as us. Yeah. Like, yeah, but they don't. They're nowhere near us. They run on different days and different areas, and it's it's about a thirty minute commute to get from one show to the other. So, two weeks apart. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. It's like we're not running next door to each other every night. And I just thought it's and like, oh, you can't work for them if you work for us. I think well, I'm going to work for whoever pays me. Yeah, so, I mean, we hear a little bit of that sort of stuff going on sometimes around here. <laughs> more often than not, and like I'm not trying to get in any hot water by saying this, but like you'll you'll see one promoter say, "Oh, I'd rather not our guys work for this federation," and then you'll see a bunch of guys like just show up at that federation. It's like, oh, well, they're still working yeah. for us. Like it doesn't matter. Like, no, go get see, paid. I, I, That's I, what I, I think. I like, don't that. obviously don't be like disrespectful about it like i'm a like i'm a loyal rcw wrestler right yeah yeah like i'm i i like would put you know priority on my bookings in rcw and if 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 squig really needed me on a particular night you know then i would say okay well i'll do your show but like if there's no rcw show that night like if he's if there's a night where there's no show that he's running on but there is another show then yeah i'm gonna try and get on that show so i can get yeah you know, so I can it's get paid, funny. right? Like it's, it's that's like- it. I think I can see it from both angles. It's like if you have someone who's running a show, for instance, and they're one of these backyard or bullshit shows that aren't really proper <laughs> shows, and you go and do that, and then people see, especially if you're a, if you are a character, do you know what I mean? That you stand out. <laughs> if you go and do that show, then people go, "Oh, that goose guy from that shitty promotion," and then they put you on a poster for rcw coming to town and they look at that and they go oh that's just like that shit that we went and seen the other week fuck that do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so it can hurt the draw in a way however like i'm i'm talking if there's a show in calgary that you're working for and then a show in red deer or a show in edmonton yeah and then why not you could work for all three because chances of a fan driving three hours from edmonton to calgary for a show it's it's pretty and the yeah. ones that do that will probably come to any show regardless of quality. Do you know what I mean? Just because they love wrestling that much, if you're willing yeah. to put those type of the miles in. And I think it's 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 one of those things where you look at it and you go, 
But at the same time, if you're a champion, I think if you're a champion of a promotion, you have to protect yeah. that title. Because if you go and you're like, oh, I'm the, I'm the RCW champion. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to book you at this other promotion. And I want you to go out and put over our trainee. And then you're defending the title in an angle next week against this guy you built up for three months. But this trainee beats you cleanly. And you're going, yeah, there's a way to do it. But it does hurt the draw then if you're going to say, oh, yeah, we're the champion next week. I'm defending the title here. Like you got, I think it, it'll, it'll only work if people start respecting the other people's champions and stuff like that. Like other, other things don't really matter. Like you can be yeah. number it's one. It's like a continuity issue. But I think it's like if it's the same thing as if you're like I do mostly heel everywhere. Yeah. There's one promotion in the northeast that books me as a face, and everywhere else I'm heel. So when I go most places, they know that. But I don't really do a lot in the northeast near my home. I normally do it in 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 Scotland up north or or down south. I don't really do a lot in the northeast or where I, where I live. So for me, it's like. It's it's one of those things where yeah I, I do a face here because it doesn't matter because nobody from Scotland's gonna drive three and a half hours down here and if they do, then they're not gonna be bothered if I'm a good guy here. You know what I mean? Because they're a fan of wrestling, they're not really that bothered if they know how it works. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They'll have a beer after the show and they'll talk to me after the show and they'll say, "Oh, that was good, that was good." And then you know what I mean? That's the way it is. But I think that's that's the big thing of it is if you don't respect the angle they can, especially for kids, if you're doing a show in Calgary and you're a bad guy and then you're this ruthless bad guy and then the other promotion's booking you as this comedy lovable baby face yeah. and you're running a week from each other and you've got this dad bringing this kid, his kid's obsessed with wrestling just to get out the house. He's bringing them to as many wrestling shows as possible, which I'm sure happens everywhere. And then yeah. you take him to the show and you go, oh, that's the bad guy. Then they see you on the poster. Oh, remember him? He was a bad guy. And then they turn up and be like, yeah, I'm the goose. How's everybody doing? Everybody are great. And you go, oh, that's not the bad guy who we met last week. Do yeah, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's that sort of stuff that I can see why it would damage. But it's, but it's also people say it damages the draw, for instance, where it'll say, like, if someone's a fan of you and mm-hmm. I'm paying you X, then I expect you to do my shows in these areas because people are paying to come see you. So if everyone's booking you in this area, you're not really a draw because everyone you can go anywhere to see you. You're not going to be a draw for them. You know what I mean? But it depends on that would be if you're getting paid on on door. You know what I mean? If you're getting paid on how good the door is, then that's a that's an important thing. But if you're getting a set fee, just to say I'll give you this to do the show, then mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about your draw. The promoter yeah. does. But I think yeah. it's still it's still important for people to start promoting shows and things because I think a lot of the guys don't do that either. So you have a lot of people out there that don't. One of those old school debates that will kind of go on for the end of the time is do indie promoters, you know, is it a good call for them to be like, you can't work for the other guys if you want to work here. Like this is, I I think this is just something that's like, it's been a discussed since I first got involved in wrestling. And I think it'll be discussed still long after I'm gone, you know, I think it depends on the reasoning behind it. If a promoter came to me and said, "Listen, I'm building you up, yeah. and I want to, I'm going to book you, I'm going to give you forty shows in the next three months, and I'm building you up, but I need you to only do my shows while I build you as this monster. Yeah. I don't want to kill this angle 
because you're doing this, this, and this for us. And I'll go, yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to give me work every week, mm-hmm. then I'm going to, I don't mind working for you. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and sort of putting all the other bookings on hold while I do only your stuff. But if you're saying to me, I'm going to book you once every two months, but I only want you to work for me. I'd say, well, that doesn't work, does it? Because it's what? is yeah, what I go like, back when I say it's somebody that only works you, every. If you two want months. loyalty, if you want loyalty, you need to be good to your boys. If you're running the yeah. show every week, but you're only using me once a month or once every two months, then are you being loyal to me? No. So why wouldn't I go and work somewhere where I can? Possibly. Yeah, like I, I think it, the promoters, like the smart ones anyways, would want the guys that are working frequently because they're going to be a lot better than the guy that only works every once every couple of months. You it's know? not even it, – it, it goes both ways in a way because when people say like, oh, you go and do this show and it kills your draw, but there's also never a chance that you go and do that show and people will see you and go, oh, he's on that other show. Should we go see him again? He was good him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And and then come to the other show based on the fact that they've seen you on another show. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really get that crossover. I mean, it's it's one of the things that, that will always, as you said, it will always be debated whether it's it's right or wrong. And I think it's I think sometimes there's every intention, but I think it depends on what the intention of the promoter is. If the promoter yeah. just doesn't want you working them because he doesn't like the other promoter, then that's yeah. that's pretty shitty. But if it's a genuine, you know what, we're running the show there i'm working an angle with you i'd rather you didn't work for them if possible yeah exactly seldom seldom you know gateways to success (laughs) you know (laughs) it never really works out for them when people do do that but i think it's it's one of those things as well where it's like you go and eventually look at them and go like we could have worked for for the promotion we worked out me and me and mo like my my first tag partner my proper tag partner, we we went out and just got bookings everywhere. And we went up and down the country, and that's how we met, like, Ricky Knight and how we met people up in Scotland and stuff like that. And it, it was all sort of anyone who would book us, we'd work. I would mm-hmm. go anywhere because we wanted to get as much ring time as possible and, yeah. and as much much time as possible and stuff like that. And we used to do, like, 10-hour, like, tip of Scotland down to Milton Keynes in London, which was a 10-hour drive. Like, you know what I mean? And we would do that yeah. for once every month to the shows to make sure we made the shows and stuff and it was it was always stuff you did and you never really thought at the time was like yeah we're not making any money here do you know what i mean but we're wrestling every weekend we're wrestling every day every other day we're doing four or five shows a week do you know what i mean we're getting the experience we're getting the miles in Mm -hmm. which which leads you to learning and meeting people and stuff like that and then when you learn people, it's your, it's your network that helps you get out there and get as much work as possible. Do you know what I mean? If you if you have a shitty attitude to other people because they don't come to your training school or they're not they're not part of you, then they probably never will come to your training school. Yeah. Whereas if you treat people right and you treat people with respect, regardless of the level they're at or regardless of where they are, if that guy ever does go big or does get up there, he'll always remember you were a nice guy to him. You know what I mean? If you're a piece of shit to him, he'll always remember you were a piece of shit to him. And yeah. it's it's always the same. It's always like that old saying. It's always the same people you see on your way up as you see on your way down. You know what I mean? It's the same sort of people that you'll see. So it's just I don't see why you need to treat people differently because yeah. you're having a, a modicum or you're the next big thing or you're the hot thing at the moment. Chances are you might not be in six months' time and you'll be you'll be re-adding people to Facebook again. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's, it's I, one it's of those a, things. I don't 
I I just generally try not to be a dick to people anyway, just because like that's just my personality. Just don't be a dick. And like even when I do have legitimate gripes and concerns and stuff, I'm usually just like it's not really my place to get on this guy's case about this. Like we had a guy uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in Calgary that was doing the ring announcing and I used to be the ring announcer. So I gave him some tips and stuff cause he hadn't ring announced in a little while and whatnot. And then he completely ignored everything I said, like to it before the show and went out and did, you know, it was not a good, good, good performance. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm not trying to like, you know, start anything here, but no, no. It, was, it was one of those things where like I considered afterwards going to him and being like, what the hell, man? Like what happened? And like, why did <laughs> I completely told you not to do this? Don't do that. And then you went out there and did it all anyways. And like, you know, and the thing and, is that sometimes if they're not going to listen to your advice, yeah. then what's the point of giving it to them? Like I'll yeah. always give people advice and if they don't take it, it's on them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care. It makes yeah. no difference to my life whether they take the advice or not. And, but I just but mentioned the ring announcer there. Like, if he, if like, if he's able to to somehow, you know, give back back in and 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 do a good job, then great. And I'm happy for him, and I want that to happen. Yeah. But it's I don't consider it to be my place to go and scald him and reprimand him and stuff for 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 having no, well, an off night. Or, I mean, unless, or unless you're getting paid to manage the ring announcers yeah. and the crew like that, then it's, yeah. it's pointless you actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, we had a we had a ring announcer the other week, which was great for us because they had the uh, we did a big angle at the end of the end of the night and we had because we were we were the tag team champions at the time we had a guy called shreddy he was he was a world champion and we were all coming out and he was fighting the guy you know and kirby hit his finisher on him was about the win it was the whole story we came out we pulled the ref out clubbed the ref clubbed clubbed kirby down like martin kirby beat him up like demolished everyone and we had the guys we were feuding with for the tag titles soldado sammy spark some great like luchadors from up in up in scotland a Scottish way, Scottish luchadors. They came out <laughs> to do it. They come off, you know, we clobbered them, beat all them up. So we're reigning supreme. We're holding the belts up high. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole picture's painted for the for the blow off of the last last show of the year that we had the other week, you know, the big mm. six man tag blow off match. And then as we're holding the, the belts up, you know, the, the ring announcer, it was brand new and bless them. They did, they did a great job all night. You know what I mean? But at the end of the night, it was like the final hurdle. And he goes, I forgot to wish John a happy birthday. So all oh, the ring. So all this going on in the ring. He goes, I don't really know what's happening here, but I don't want to leave the night without wishing John a very happy birthday. And we're like, what the fuck? He's just like, shit on it. Like, oh, there's people scattered all over, but make sure John has a good birthday. And I was like, I was like, that was brilliant. He's like, I still laugh about it now. Like it was, it was a good time. Like it was a good laugh. But like yeah. then, like, and Kirby had to get up and like get on the mic and sell the match the next next month, like you know, and say, "Oh, it's a big six man tag next month." And you're thinking, "But John, happy birthday, John! <laughs> Have a good birthday. Hope you had a good birthday, John." <laughs> John, we should somebody should buy you a ticket for your birthday. <laughs> John gets a ticket for next next month for your birthday. I know it's not your birthday next month, but. Yeah. You know, you'll be one one month into your new year, so you may as well come and watch the show. Mm-hmm. But no, there's this stuff like that, man. It's it's crazy. But I think a good ring announcer makes it like you know, I mean, a good ring announcer, a good referee. Like people are very under underestimate how yeah, important yeah. 
like no, it's, the referees it, I, and the I, ring announcers and stuff are because I've had shows before where it's like, oh, we don't have a ring announcer, and then like yeah, one of the wrestlers be like, well, I'll 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 ring announce the night and wrestle, and you're thinking, but like you're you're a heel, and it's not gonna work. <laughs> I mean, like, I've done that, but I like stood backstage with a microphone and did it. <laughs> That's probably better. And then when it came time for my match, I had to be like, and now introducing the Canadian Goose. Here, hold this for me. <laughs> like, oh, mic. Oh, I'm here, I'm here. Nobody can yeah. announce your 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 opponent. Yeah. Where's the ring announcer going? Well, the, no, I think we announced him out first, and then I went out. And then, yeah. yeah. But, but that, would, was, that would make more sense. Yeah, it was a little complicated. It was weird because that particular show, I not only did I wrestle and ring announce, but also ran the ring music. (laughs) So it was a was a. It was a. We had we had a referee over here as well. Who used the referee? I'm not going to mention his name, but but like because I think he's still ref sometimes. But he 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 had a double down once, and the guys were both down and out. And there's a clip of it. I'll try to find. I'll send it to you. And he's counting them down. He's like one, two, three, and then he just freezes. Like he cannot count. And he, okay. he forgot how to count what? from there. So this guy's an absolute like. I <laughs> like the guys. You can see the guys in the ring, and they're like four. Four Leo's killing him. Four. And he's like he's like he's lost count at like four. And you're thinking, how do you lose count of four? Was he stoned or like, something? No, no, he's just he's that way very easily distracted. <laughs> I think he got distracted or something, but it was like but the guy there's like some girl in the front row showed him the goods. Four. What? What? But I was thinking, it's, how do you lose count of four? Yeah. You only have to learn to count of ten. If you can count of ten, you can referee. I know there's more to it than that, but it helps to have a grasp for at least counting to ten. I'm not, I'm not going to get heat from the referees by saying all you need to do is learn to count to ten and then you're a good ref. But <laughs> like, it helps if you know how to count to ten. Yeah. I say the thing is with like, there's a lot of good referees over here as well. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's, there's there's some great referees up in Scotland, way, um, and you know what I mean. So it's, uh, but as I say, there's you can tell there's a credit to it when when there's a re- good referee in there with you that can help you get the messages to the guys, and you know what I mean, work with you and and help you with. Yeah. But I think you need to respect the referees. So I think too many people shit on the refs as well, and the ref loses all sort of authority in said match because people shit on them. And I think yeah. that doesn't help the that's, situation at all. Yeah, and but, I, I think that's all like that's all like comes with like learning and stuff and how not to bury the refs and whatnot. Anyway, uh, Tim, we have gone uh, like twenty one hour overhand here, so I am gonna we're gonna have to wrap this up. But we might no, no, bring you fine. on for part two, man. I mean, you came you came yeah, here all yeah. the way from from uh, the UK to be on the show tonight, so we really appreciate oh, that. Uh, I'm sure other other programs on Love Wrestling have had guests from the UK, but this is the first Monday Night Shaw with uh, well, anyone. Go. Uh, from from that far away so uh, i want to just first and foremost uh say thank you for coming on the show and uh you know thank you for for being so kind to me and sending me a little advice and stuff about my matches and uh, 
uh, yeah, a hundred percent extend another invitation for you to come back because uh, we've, we've clearly got a rapport going here and, and we could keep this oh, going yeah, if we, we wanted we, to. We, I just don't want to have a three hour long the episode. Right. Yeah. Put the world right. Oh, yeah. No, but it's good talking to you and I uh, enjoyed it. So yeah. I, I, so I did too. Good. So, uh, but we before we uh, wrap up, let's, uh, let's, good. let's, let's get your information out there. So if anyone wants to get a hold of you, if they want to check out some of your stuff or if they want to perhaps yeah, book sure. you, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can reach me on Mr. Tim Strange on Instagram and Twitter. They can also reach me on Facebook, just Tim Strange, uh, or Mr. Tim Strange on my page, or you can just add me on Facebook, Tim Strange, and then I'll I'll most likely accept you. So okay, and I'm desperate for friends, so anyone who wants to have me, I'll accept you. That's all good. <laughs> So, do you have a uh, merchandise shop or uh, no? I don't. I don't have shops? a lot of a lot of merchandise. I've got a couple of shows left of the year up in Scotland. I've got a tour of Scotland on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth of December for W three L in Marcat and Elgin. So that's up in uh, Scotland at the back end of the the month, and then that's it. I had a show next Sunday, but it got cancelled due uh, to issues, but. A lot, of, a lot of strikes over here with trains and stuff, so getting people traveling around and stuff is hard to get anyone anywhere. So it's uh, it was just cancelled for that. But no other than that, I've got two left in the back end of the month. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that we have three RCW shows coming up this weekend, and those are like the last ones of the of the uh, of the month. At least the last yeah. three before I go for my uh, I'm having ACL surgery. And that's good. It's going to take like a year before I'm able to wrestle again. So possibly my last, my last match for a year is going to be uh, this weekend, but there's not much point in plugging that because this doesn't air till the Monday following it. So uh, oh, well, hopefully go. you folks came out and, and watched and Enjoy had it. a good time and so. stayed safe. And yeah, I'm sure but, you will. I'm sure you will. Yeah. And Tim, uh, I hope we, yeah, once you do get back out here, I know you did come out during the, the whole COVID uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a bummer that you, you came out when there was no shows running. But I was out, we'll back back out, out, I'm back out regularly, but I'll be I'll be moving yeah. out there in the summer of 24. So okay, I'll be solid. There well, hopefully we'll get to so. tangle up in the ring there at some point. We will, and then yeah. we'll do a, an hour-long podcast about it afterwards. Yeah, sounds good. Talking about it. All right, Alrighty. no problem. This has been uh, Kyle Shaw, the Canadian Goose, uh, with Mr. Tim Strange from the UK. And uh, I want to thank everybody for watching uh, Monday Night Shaw right here on Love Pro Wrestling. Uh, We will see you uh, next time. Oh, and a big thank you to RK Athletics, whose logo has been in our corner this whole time. Uh, Rich Rich King, uh, very, very, very good uh, physical wrestling uh, trainer. If you just... You could tell by looking at him. The guy's in shape. He knows what he's talking about. So if you're interested in getting in shape, talk to Rich King because he can help you out. Alrighty. I'll speak to him when I get over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, uh thank you to the to the to the watchers and listeners. And, uh... <laughs>